circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin. This is occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. And tonight we're back to the community with sounds gathered at two East County protests. On tonight's show, we'll hear housing rights advocates from East County Regional Group, ECRG, and the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment, also known as ACE, as they demand anti-harassment protection and just cause for eviction. And later, we'll hear from a recent graduate of Ignacio Valley High School as she, her family, and supporters speak out about mistreatment from their principal after a violent attack in a high school bathroom left a young woman traumatized. And we'll also get reaction from the Mount Diablo Unified School District Superintendent, Dr. Adam Clark. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host tonight, Freebill and Franklin, coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok Territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight, we are taking it back to the streets to hear voices gathered at two recent protests here in Contra Costa County. First, we'll kick it off in Antioch, where members of East County Regional Group and the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment a.k.a. ECRG and ACE, held a rally at Antioch City Hall. These two groups have been fighting nearly two years for housing rights, including rent control, just cause for evictions, and anti-harassment laws. And they're winning, getting rent stabilization in September of last year and other protections around housing services, including keeping up functional laundry services, garbage removal, janitorial service, and safe and maintained parking. On June 13th, protesters returned to demand just cause for eviction and anti-harassment protections be put on the agenda. This segment starts off with a short interview from ECRG co-chair Rochelle Pierre. Then we'll hear speakers from the rally outside City Hall just before the council meeting was to begin. Yes, my name is Rochelle Pierre. I am a mother, a resident of Antioch, and the co-chair of the East County Regional Group. And we are here tonight to ask City Council to put just cause and anti-harassment on the agenda and make these policies now. And this has been an ongoing battle, I mean, for a couple of years, as far as I can remember. Um, what have you got so far? And what do you think has been the delay on getting these, um, these last two demands met? So far, we were very fortunate to get rent control, and we are very excited about that. City Council listened to us. However, we still need to fight for anti-harassment and just cause because those policies only work if they're all combined together. And with COVID starting to end and things starting to change, have you seen a rise in um, harassment or discriminatory behavior or evictions 
out here in Antioch or Contra Costa County in general? I am an Antioch resident and I know that Antioch has the largest rate of evictions in East County and there's a large rate of harassment. Tenants are living in inhabitable conditions. Renters are afraid to ask the landlords for repairs for fear of retaliation. And that's why we need anti-harassment. That's why we need just cause because people are being evicted daily, rapidly in Antioch. And if people want to get more information and follow what ECRG is doing or ACE, where can they get more information? They can always follow us on Facebook, East County Regional Group on Facebook. All right, thank you. And uh, Devin, you're right here. Just tell us how that people could follow ACE. Oh, you can um, go to ACE Action. That's A-C-C-E action.org. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. All right, thank you very much. And um, thank you very much for speaking with us tonight. You're very welcome. Power. Tenny. Power. I say Tenny. You say power. Tenny. Power. Tenny. Power. Tenny. Power. Tenny. Power. Yes. This freedom that we imagine for Antioch residents, this the best we can do for Antioch families. We're here today because we know that Antioch City Council can change this. They can hold landlords accountable. They can hold corporate greed accountable. It's time for the Antioch City Council to pass a just cause for eviction and anti-harassment policy now. Not in September, not with delays, but now. So today we come here to be heard, right? Are you with me? Yes. We want results, right? Yes. So let them hear us. When yes. I say Tenny, you say power. Tenny. Power. Tenny. Power. When I say Tenny, you say power. Tenny. Power. Tenny. Power. Tenny. Power. Tenny. Power. Yes. Give yourselves a round of applause. So now it's my pleasure to introduce a resident from Casablanca, a member of the East County Regional Group, and a fierce warrior for housing justice. Give it up for Tere Farias. Hola, buenas tardes a todos. Mi nombre es Teresa Farias y soy inquilina de los departamentos Casablanca. Tengo 12 años viviendo ahí. Hello, good evening, everyone. My name is Teresa, and I have been attending a Casa Blanca Apartments for 12 years. I'm also a member of the East County Regional Group. Me da gusto estar aquí con ustedes, unidos en una batalla más, alzando nuestra voz por nuestros derechos y por nuestros hijos y familias. Todos merecemos un hogar seguro, saludable y estable. I'm glad to be here with you all, united in one battle, raising our voices for our rights, our children and our families. We all deserve a safe, healthy, and stable home. Yes. 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 Ya es hora que este concilio pase una ley causa de causa justa y antiacoso de inmediato. It is time for this council to pass a just cause and anti-harassment yeah. ordinance immediately. Yes. Yes. ¿Cuántos de ustedes también viven con miedo de ser desalojados en cualquier momento? How many of you live in fear of being evicted at any moment? Yes. ¿O cuántos de ustedes han sido intimidados o amenazados por pedir reparaciones? 
Oh, how many of you have been harassed or intimidating for requesting repairs to your homes? Yes. No es justo tener que vivir así. Todos tenemos el derecho a vivir con dignidad y respeto. Living like this is unfair. We all have the right to live with dignity and respect. Yes. A mí me ha tocado dormir con mis hijos en el piso de la oficina de nuestro complejo mientras ellos hacían reparaciones en el apartamento. No nos ofrecieron comida o un lugar donde quedarnos. I've had to sleep with my children on the floor of our complex office while repairs were being made to my apartment. They didn't even offer us food or a place to stay. No nos ofrecieron dinero para rentar un hotel. Teníamos que pasar todo el día en la oficina ya que teníamos ya que no teníamos acceso a nuestro apartamento. They didn't offer us any money to stay at a hotel. We had to spend the whole day in their office because we didn't have access to our apartment. Wow. Y no estoy sola. Yo sé que muchos de ustedes han pasado por situaciones similares o aún aún peor, ¿verdad que sí? And I know I'm not alone. I know that many of you have gone through similar or even worse situations. Am I right? Yes. justo que nuestros hijos tengan que pasar por estas injusticias? No. Is it fair for our children to go through these injustices? No. Durante este tiempo que celebramos la libertad de la esclavitud, Debemos ser unidos y continuar luchando por la libertad de vivir en un lugar digno y estable. During this time when we celebrate freedom from slavery, we must remain united and continue fighting for the freedom of living in a safe and stable home. Amen. Los dueños deben de proporcionar alojo y comida cuando las reparaciones son tan grandes que tenemos que salir de nuestro hogar. Y no deben desalojarnos con el pretexto de hacer reparaciones. Landlords should provide shelter and food when repairs are so significant that we have to leave our homes. And they should not be able to evict us under the pretext of making repairs. True. True. Necesitamos una ley antiacoso que nos proteja de estas injusticias. We need an anti-harassment ordinance to protect us from these injustices. Yes. 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 yes, yes, we do. Es por esto y más que política contra los desalojos injustificados y el acoso inmediatamente. Ya no vamos a ser víctimas de los dueños abusivos. It is for these reasons and more that we demand that council pass an ordinance against unjust evictions and harassment. Immediately. Immediately, we will no longer be victims of abusive landlords. Ya ganamos el control de renta y también ganaremos estas políticas de causa justo y antiacoso, porque la unión hace la fuerza y aquí seguimos todos unidos. Si se puede, si se puede, si se puede, si se puede, si se puede. We have already won rent control, and we will win just cause an anti-harassment. Because united, we are stronger, and we are all here standing in unity. Si se puede! Si se puede! Si se puede!
Thank you. All right, all right, let's do it up. Powerful. All right, I'm feeling the energy now. Let's get up, let's get up. <laughs> all right. Glad we waking up now. So next, I'm gonna introduce to the stage, Aces Finest, Miss Tashina Garrett, the Aces, uh, sorry, Chair of our chapter in Antioch. Newly elected. She's gonna say a few things. Boy, am I gonna say a few things. <laughs> Good evening, you guys. I am, for those of you who don't know me, Tashina Garrett from ACE Antioch. That's the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment. Newly elected chair. <laughs> I gotta get used to that one, y'all. Anyway, so today we've got a letter. Um, and we call this letter, Housing Justice Equals Freedom. And the letter says, good evening, community. I am Tashina Garrett. I stand before you today to celebrate Juneteenth, a momentous occasion that commemorates the emancipation of enslaved black Americans. Juneteenth symbolizes not only the triumph of freedom over bondage, but also serves as a powerful reminder of the ongoing struggles for black liberation and equality in our society. And we're not going back. That's right. Today, I would like to draw attention to a critical issue that intersects with Juneteenth and embodies the spirit of liberation, housing justice. Access to safe, affordable, and stable housing is not only a fundamental human right, but also a cornerstone for building equitable communities and empowering marginalized populations. In the context of our city, we must acknowledge the historical and ongoing disparities faced by black residents in accessing housing opportunities. Generations of systemic racism, redlining, and discriminatory housing policies have left deep scars on our community perpetuating inequity, inequality, and denying countless individuals and families the chance to thrive. Housing justice demands that we confront these inequities head on. It requires us to dismantle the barriers that have kept black individuals and families locked out of home ownership, trapped in substandard housing, or burdened by skyrocketing rents. We must commit to recertifying the legacy of housing discrimination and ensuring that the benefits of housing are accessible to all, regardless of their race or socioeconomic background. Achieving housing justice goes beyond providing affordable housing options. Although that is a vital component, it necessitates robust efforts to address the underlying structural issues that perpetuate housing inequity or inequalities this includes combating gentrification, preventing displacement, and implementing policies that foster inclusive and diverse neighborhoods. Furthermore, housing justice intersects with economic empowerment. By investing in affordable housing initiatives, we can generate employment opportunities, stimulate economic growth, and promote financial sustainability within our black communities. Yeah. Through strategic partnerships and innovative solutions, we can create pathways to home ownership, expand access to rental assistance programs, and support initiatives that encourage community-led development. Yeah. Yeah. 
As we celebrate Juneteenth, let us not forget that our journey towards true liberation is far from complete. Housing justice is a vital component of this ongoing struggle. By prioritizing equitable housing policies, we can honor the legacy of those who fought for freedom and work towards building a city that upholds the principles of justice, equality, and opportunity for all. In conclusion, I urge each member of this esteemed council to recognize the significance of housing justice in the context of Juneteenth and black liberation. Let us commit ourselves to the task of dismantling housing disparities, fostering inclusive communities, and providing every individual, regardless of their race, with the opportunity to thrive. Together we can create a future where the ideals of Juneteenth are not just commemorated, but fully realized in the lives of all of our citizens. Thank you. Power to the people, power to the people, power to the people, power to the people. All right, let's give it up for Mr. Sheena. All right, next on our beautiful program, we're gonna introduce the beautiful Nicole. Nicole Arrington to share her story about tenant harassment. Thank you. So even though I'm an Antioch ACE member, I live in Pittsburgh. So, you know, once we get everything going out here, we have to move on down the street and have them work it out because they're not in a hurry. Like they're not, you know, we're at the meetings and they're just like, oh yeah, sure, you know, no, no. So we need to rally in Pittsburgh too. Can you hear me? Keep it close, like this. Okay, oh lordy. Okay, so we have to rally in Pittsburgh after we get everything going here in Antioch because they're not on board just yet. Yeah. You know, we've had meetings and you know, nothing's happening. So we're gonna have to get stomping in a lot of places. We need y'all yeah. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Show up, show up, show up, show up. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Let's give her a hand. We need to take down the Pittsburgh, uh, take uh, down the Pittsburgh City Council too, right? Because this is not, this is a community effort. All right, I'm gonna bring Rhea back up. Yeah. Let's give her a hand. Okay. All right, it takes all of us, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's my pleasure now to introduce Rochelle Pierre. Where'd Rochelle go? Rochelle Pierre, <laughs> who's the co-chair of the East County Regional Group and an Antioch Tenant. Hello, hello everyone. My name is Rochelle Pierre and I am a mother of a 10-year-old son. I am the co-chair of the East County Regional Group and um, I am a tenant of Antioch, a resident in Antioch. I am here today to speak about Antioch children and families. We have to speak out. Housing is a basic human need. Oh, yeah. All yeah. children need a safe, healthy, stable place to live. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not happening at all in Antioch. Yeah, okay. How many of us live in fear of unfair evictions? Yeah. Okay. How many of us worry about retaliation if we ask for repairs? How many of us pay out of pocket for our own repairs because the landlord just won't do the repairs? Too many. How many renters are being harassed, threatened, abused, and unjustly evicted? And we're not taking it. We aren't taking it no more. 
Tell it, girl. My son and I have been homeless before, so I know how it affects children. They need stability. A few months ago, my landlord tried to unjustly evict me. If we had have had policies like anti-harassment yeah. and just cause eviction yeah. to protect my son and I, we would have never had to go through this. Yeah. Not even knowing what we would do if we could put up a Christmas tree or not yeah. because we were going to be on the street. Yeah. And many, many other families weren't as lucky as me and they are living in their cars yeah. and living on the streets. Therefore, we need to stop abusive landlords from evicting us unjustly. Yes. Children do not deserve this. Families do not deserve this. This needs to stop now. Families cannot wait any longer. Yes, tell it. All right. As we celebrate Juneteenth this weekend, we are still fighting for our rights. Yes. We don't deserve to be treated this way. No. Am I right? Yes. We demand city council prioritize these policies. Yeah. We are not going to wait till September. No. no. We want them now. Now. Not later. And if they don't pass them, then we need an emergency, a moratorium, an eviction and harassment policy in place ASAP to stop all of these unjust evictions that are happening. And we will continue to show up here and show out. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. What do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Now. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Michelle. And if we don't get it, if we don't get it, if we don't get it, if we don't get it. Welcome back. You're listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 KPFA and KPFA.org. You just heard sounds from a housing rights rally at Antioch City Hall. And a quick update to the story at the last city council meeting held this week, anti-harassment protections were on the agenda and looked to be passed. Housing rights advocates ask for stronger protections to be added to the language, including higher fines for violators of the new rules. The Antioch City Council listened and moved to bring the item back at the next meeting. All right, let's take a short music break. This is Rebel Diaz with Which Side Are You On? Then we'll return and we'll hear sounds from the Latinx students and supporters at Ignacio Valley High School as they bring allegations of racism and preferential treatment at their high school. Stay tuned to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA. See, I gotta draw a line, I can't take it no more. If you ain't down with revolution, what you waiting for? Making money for suckers and not communities poor. Ripping flags off of coffins, man, this ain't our war. Colonize and terrorize by the world's biggest killers. The U.S. government, the biggest weapon and drug dealers. Filling prisons with children, incarcerating the future. MySpace and Facebook got us stuck on computers. Stuck on stupid bumping music that's abusive to the shorties. And the nonsense that you're spitting, they just listening, absorbing. I've been dormant, I've been working, 
I'm a giant, I'm ready. I'm with the Apple in Oaxaca and we hold the machetes. I rock hard like Palestinian children holding slingshots. I'm with every single kid that's down for hip hop, for the culture, the life, what it really stands for. This music is resistance, it's the voice of the poor. I'm on the side of the workers, the teachers, and lunch ladies. On the streets with brown mommies raising our brown babies. I'm with youth organizers cleaning up the Bronx River. I'm like Jaime Escalante when I stand and deliver. I'm with Evo Morales, man, he running Bolivia. Distribution of the land so we can all live bigger. I'm with Hugo and Fidel, Grandmaster and Melly Mel. I'm with the Panthers up in Queens, justice for Sean Bell. I'm with Camacho Negron, I'm with Ojeda Rios. Freedom for Oscar Lopez, it's time to get in the pill. I'm with a blue Jamal, I'm with a Sada Shakur. I'm with the compas in the market, he getting a penny more. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. We just heard Which Side Are You On by Rebel Diaz. And next up, we head to Mount Diablo Unified School District as students, parents, and teachers bring allegations of racism and preferential treatment at Ignacio Valley High School from their principal, Jonathan Pike. This segment will close out with remarks from the Mount Diablo Unified School District superintendent and kicks off with a student who was attacked in a bathroom. Good afternoon. My name is and I was a student at Ignacio Valley High School. And on Friday, May 12th, I was assaulted in the school bathroom during lunch by two sisters. I'm here because the outcome of this traumatic event was unfair. I have proof such as messages from them prior to assaulting me and pictures of my injuries that I felt like were ignored by the administration. I feel like this situation was not taken seriously. It was a traumatic and painful event, not only for me, but for my family. The scissors that assaulted me did not receive a single punishment. They got away with beating me up, leaving me with emotional trauma. To me, that is a big humiliation from the administration. Their mom works within this district, which makes us believe that the administration was in their favor. They have a past full of troubles and fights they've gotten into. And if you take a look at my school record, I do not have a single bad thing in sight. I graduated this month with the heaviest heart, knowing that justice was not made for what I went through. 
and knowing that if this occurs to any student, your children, children of your friends, family, or neighbors, justice will not be made for them. I also want to point out the fact that not a single supervisor was in sight while I experienced this. I was the one that picked myself off the bathroom floor and walked myself to the office. All the teachers and supervisors were having lunch in the same room for teacher appreciation week and students were left clearly unsupervised and clearly unsafe. No student should ever feel unsafe going to the restroom. Even though I have now left Ignacio Valley, I do not want another student to experience what I have gone through because it is truly unforgiving and unfair. Uh, buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Anselmo Gutierrez y mi esposa que al lado iba a leer esto, pero no puede. Le gana el sentimiento. Good afternoon. My name is Anselmo Gutierrez. My wife was supposed to give this speech, but for her as a mother, it is a very painful and sensitive situation. El día 12 de mayo, yo ya estamos aquí para pedirle una respuesta. My daughter is, she was speaking uh, before me. She's a former student of Ignacio Valley High School. My daughter was assaulted and beaten in the bathroom of the 200 building on May 12. And today I am here to request a response from the principal, Jonathan Pike, who didn't do his job as he should have done. Yo le pedí hacer un reporte de la policía y él me guió por un lugar. He lied when he told me that there were no witnesses, but he actually did speak to a witness and he listened to what the witness explained to him and said what happened. I'm, I'm saying this because my wife spoke to the witness's mother. I asked him to file a police report and he told me to do it online, but actually there is no way to file a police report for situations like this. He misguided me. I have all the evidence to support justice for my daughter, and he didn't uh, give my daughter's justice because the aggressors are the daughters of district personnel. She's a vice principal, Veronica Picasso, and because she has a position here in the district, nothing happened. We're here to get answers. I have records from the hospital, a police report, and messages and photographs of what they did to my daughter. And they also tried to intimidate her and threaten her uh, via message. She just graduated this month, and she and my family are leaving the campus with great, great pain in our hearts uh, due to Mr. Pike's negligence, leaving a trauma to my whole family, and even more for our daughter to feel fear every time she enters a bathroom. And that trauma will continue with us for the rest of our lives. And today, I can tell my acquaintances and friends that the administration at Ignacio Valley High School is not a safe place for our children. And we're here to demand justice for my daughter and for current and future students. Esto le pase a unas personas y todo quede en nada, que no se resuelva nada. Muchas gracias. Hello, my name is Yvette Maruri. Um, I'm a past graduate of Ignacio Valley High School. As a parent at Ignacio Valley High School, I was on the site council. I was a PTSA vice president and treasurer. I ultimately resigned as treasurer in protest of Principal Pike and his abuse of our children and was not allowed to question what happened to a student that Mr. Pike slammed against a locker, a brown student. I would like to point out that the students that assaulted my friend's daughter were white. <laughs> With that said, I'm asking again a year later for the removal of Principal Jonathan Pike from Ganesha Valley High School. Due to the time limit, 
I will focus on one experience to explain why I believe Mr. Pike should not continue as a principal of an 80% Latinx high school. Before I begin, I would like to point out the obvious reason that as a white male from an affluent area of Pleasant Hill who does not speak Spanish and who is active military, he is unable to connect and understand the community he is entrusted to serve. With this said, I will begin my story. Back in the back in the fall of 2021, me and a colleague of mine from the Social Science Department of Diablo Valley College met with students to hear from them on how things were going on campus. I had heard that there were a lot of problems, so I wanted to figure out what was wrong. I was basic. I I basically heard from the Ignacio Valley <clears throat> that Ignacio from the students that Ignacio Valley High School was a prison to was a school to prison pipeline. I felt very depressed after these meetings to hear that to hear what was happening to our children on a daily basis. The main concern being repeated was the closure of the restrooms. The students usually had one open per gender. I later found out that it was illegal by California law that for and that one urinal should be available for every 30 students. I asked at the site council meeting why the restrooms were closed and was told by Principal Pike that it was due to vandalism. I asked Ms. Weintraub if this was true. She said yes. At this point, I had no other I had no evidence to think otherwise. I decided I would go to school and have Mr. Pike show me each restroom and, and the vandalism. The following week, my daughter called me. She had been waiting in line for 30 minutes to use a bathroom. She finally, and was in pain. She finally entered to find no toilet paper, no soap in the middle of COVID. I was furious. I showed up at, I said, I'm coming there right now. I showed up at that school, found that person, Mr. Pike, sitting there surrounded by women, laughing away, having the best time of his life. I said, you get up right now and you show me every single restroom that is closed in this in this campus, he uh, they were right next to 100 Wing. I had already taken pictures. There was a sign there in front that said closed until Monday for vandalism. He said, there's graffiti in here. He, I said, like, I care if there's graffiti. I want my daughter to use the bathroom. Anyways, we, we walk in, he opens the door, both boy and, and male bathrooms, boy and female bathrooms, open the doors. The walls are clean. They had been scrubbed windows when he's abusive. He has been abusing our children. After family and supporters spoke at the podium, I caught up with them outside to get some more thoughts. These are the parents of the young woman who spoke at the podium, followed by Yvette Murray. Okay, so this is Fibon Franklin, and I'm here with the, um, the parents of the young woman um, who was assaulted in the bathroom at the Ignacio Valley High School. Um, first, let me say uh, how sorry I am that this happened uh, to your daughter. And um, tell me how this has left you feeling as um, a mother when something like this happens to your daughter. Nuestra vida cambió totalmente. Our lives changed completely. Porque solo pienso en lo que le hicieron a mi hija. Because I'm only thinking of what they did to my daughter. Y me da mucha tristeza. And it gives me a lot of sadness. Mucha rabia. A lot of anger. De que no hubo una justicia para ella. Because there was no justice for her. Siento que me tienen atada. De brazos, me tienen abrazada y yo no puedo hacer nada por mi hija. I feel that they are um, holding me um, with my arms tight and I cannot do anything for my girl, my daughter. Um, yeah, tonight you spoke that you want the principal fired and... Ahora en la noche hablaste que quieres que salga el principal Pike, que lo corran. And do you think the school board heard you and that they may... Um, fire him. Sientes que el distrito te escuchó y que lo van a sacar, despedir. 
Yo solo espero que se, haga, que se haga lo que se tiene que hacer. That, um, that they do what has to be done. Y que haya la seguridad para nuestros hijos. And that there be security for our kids. Con una administración que realmente trabaje para la seguridad de nuestros hijos. With a, a, a good administration that works for the security of our kids. All right, thank you very much, Mom. Muchas gracias, mamá. So the same thing to you, Dad. How did it feel um, inside when your daughter came home and told you the story? Yeah, primero que nada, sentimos una impotencia. First of all, we felt a lot of pain. Porque nunca pensamos que eso, nosotros sabíamos que le pasaba más gente. Yeah, because we knew that this would happen to a lot of kids in schools. Pero nunca pensamos que nos fuera a pasar a nosotros. But we never thought that it would happen to our daughter. And tonight you were asking for the principal to be removed. Do you think the school board heard your, your pleas tonight? Pues sí, pienso que nos escuchó el distrito. Yeah, I think they did hear us. Yeah, pero estaríamos más, 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 estaríamos más contentos si el distrito hiciera algo en vez de nada más escucharnos. But I would be more content if they would take action instead of just listening to us. You know, with summer break coming and as far as I understand, your daughter has graduated. Do you still plan on keeping up the fight to have the principal removed? Sí, sí, todavía vamos a seguir apoyando a las demás familias porque vienen más generaciones y no queremos que les pase lo mismo que les pasó a nosotros. Yeah, definitely. We're going to keep on fighting to have uh, this principal removed because there's a lot of families who have kids at this school and they have similar or maybe worse um, situations happen to them. So we want to support them 100%. Yeah, porque no es justo que una administración así esté donde el 85% de los alumnos son hispanos. Yeah, because this is a school that has 85% of Hispanic Latinx students um, and we need an administration that can help them um, and actually support them in these situations. All right, thank you, sir. Gracias for your, um, sharing your story and I hope you get your justice. Yeah, okay. yeah thank, thank you, you so you. much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Free One Franklin here. We're still at the Mount Diablo Unified School District board meeting. And tonight, a, a number of students um, from the uh, Latin community came out to speak about racism in their school because nothing's being done to protect the kids, for one thing. And there's also been some harassment, maybe, of the, um, the Latin students. And this one particular principal in particular, first tell me your name and um, the principal and some of the issues that you have with the principal. So my name is Yvette Moreri. I'm actually a graduate of the high school, Ignacio Valley High School, and then my daughter attended. She just graduated a year ago, class of 2022. Um, it was Principal Pike, Principal Jonathan Pike, who came to our school that year, her graduating year. Initially, we thought he was okay. Then after a couple months, we started seeing his true colors, where one, he's active military. Um, in saying that he's active military, he shows up in his military attire and he's always busy. He's on the weekends doing his military job. Every time you come up to talk to him, he's too busy to talk. He has a million other things supposedly to do. Um, I started meeting with students to find out because we had heard there was a lot of issues going on. So I started meeting with them and found out that uh, the bathrooms are being closed. It was a form of collective punishment. Uh, there were students that were doing graffiti or vaping, so they would close 
all the bathrooms and students were left without anywhere to go or sharing one bathroom for 12, two bathrooms for 1,200 students. Uh, I ended up going and finding out when, after asking why they were closed and he claimed vandalism, I found out that there, that they weren't due to, there was not vandalism actually happening and the bathrooms were fine to, to be used. He opened up closed bathrooms that were completely fine. Um, that was just one issue. He also, we have multiple videos of him being excessively aggressive with students during altercations. Even one student who, the two student, one was a student was defending uh, an ex-girlfriend against another another student. They were arguing. The no hand, there were no hands um, on each other. They were just kind of spaced apart. Mr. Pike comes running in and slams the student against a locker. E extremely excessive, and ends up the student gets suspended. He never returned because he was actually really scared after that. Um, that was just one issue. There's multiple times where he where he used overly aggressive. Um, so yeah, these are just some issues that we've had with him. And we asked about a year ago for him to, um, to be removed. It went on deaf ears. We know that Mr. Clark has been friends with him for a long time before he, Mr. Clark is our superintendent. He brought him to, the, to our district. He worked with him in a different district. So he is very much on his side. And so in between the time when you had the reports of him being overly aggressive and body slamming students, and then the complaints that you have lodged. And now we have the, um, the case of this um, young woman who was assaulted in the bathroom. Um, ask, uh, tell us what you're asking the school district to do and if you think they're hearing you, because I know that you said this is uh, over a year now that you've been asking for this to happen. So um, tell us what you're asking for and do you think they heard you tonight? Well, I don't think they specifically heard me, but I do believe that others that were around heard, like the union heard. I had already, um, I had already made contact with them, and there's other teachers and um, parents that heard. So, and I think that they're very concerned. Um, so it's just our first step. Where this is only the beginning. We we plan on doing a lot more, and we're not going to give up until he's gone. We our our children deserve better. And so you're asking for Principal Pike to be removed? Yes, exactly. For him to be removed, for us to have more um, Latinx teachers and staff. We, because of him, we actually lost a lot. We, only, we didn't have very many to begin with, and we lost almost all of them because of him. They believe that they feel like it's a toxic environment for them. So um, that, that's really hard when really we all know that students need to find a connection, to, they need to have um, instructors that they can relate to and that want to relate to them and care about them. So that's not what, what's happening at our school. All right, well, thanks for speaking to us tonight. Okay, thank you. Free Will and Franklin here, and I am now joined by Dr. Adam Clark. He is the superintendent of Mount Diablo Unified School District. Thanks for coming on to get a couple of words in, Dr. Clark. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I, I appreciate you uh, you following up on what you saw and heard at the board meeting a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So this is about the June 14th board meeting. A student, along with her family and supporters, came in to voice their opinions on some of the behaviors of the principal at Ignacio Valley High School, Mr. Pike. And they present accusations of some racism in the way the principal has dealt with some of the people of color at the school even putting hands on a student, they say, inappropriately intervening in an altercation at the school. Um, I guess the first thing I'd ask is, has the board discussed the issues that they raise and Mr. Pike? 
Well, yeah. Well, the um, the issues that were brought up um, the other night they they really span over a couple of years. And so, if I can, you uh, we we were we were talking about several different issues. Number one, and I'll just kind of take them easiest to most difficult. Number one was. Um, Last year, there were accusations about the bathrooms being locked and unavailable for students, and so um, that that is that is true. The bathrooms were being vandalized. Things like sinks being ripped off the walls, urinals being broken, things of that nature, and work orders were being put in, and um, and they were not being were not being fixed quick enough. We discontinued the practice of locking the bathrooms when there's graffiti on the wall and things of that nature. Now, what we need to know is that we were having some major issues in our community that were bleeding over to the school that were related to some of the gangs, and so. Whenever um, gang graffiti goes up in the bathroom, we want to make sure that we get that down as quickly as possible um, so that it doesn't um, add add to some of the issues that were taking place. And so, so those were the reasons that the bathrooms were being locked. We then heard a community outcry and we then stopped that practice. So whether the bathrooms were functioning or whether there was um, graffiti on the walls, we left them open for students. So that was one of the issues. And we haven't had any of those issues during the 22-23 school year. The other issue was last year, not 22-23, but the previous year, and that had to do with fighting. And there were several fights on campus when students would not stop when adults came to try to break it up. And Principal Pike, the only male administrator and the only male um, with his campus supervisors, did have to physically separate kids and he did lay on kids who were on the ground being um, being pummeled by other students. We had a community meeting um, hosted by the police department and our community. We, we had this um, last year and I told the community that I would direct Principal Pike not to intervene in any fights um, and not to break them up, but to essentially let the kids fight it out. And the community um, who was there all pleaded with me not to have that happen because, again, we had some students who were seriously injured um, during those fights. Um, I told Doc, I, I told Mr. Pike not to physically get in between kids who were fighting and to stick to words. And if they wanted to continue to fight, then that was just going to happen. It hasn't been an issue this year. Although we did still have some fights on campus, the number of fights on campus really dropped dramatically. And we do have um, other male administrators and other male campus supervisors who are there to help intervene for student safety. So the student and the mom who brought those incidents up, those were well over a year old and those have been addressed and dealt with. So getting back to the other two current events, and that was, um, that was that a student was there and she indicated that she was um, involved in a fight in the bathroom, um, whether she was attacked or whatever. I don't have all of the details to what led up to the fight. Um, but what I can say is that when it was brought to my attention that an accusation was made that an employee's child was receiving uh, preferential treatment, um, I brought that up to our directors of, of secondary who then followed up with Mr. Pike and um, and it turned out that that was not the case. When we are dealing with student discipline, we cannot share um, the discipline with the victim 
or with the public or anyone else to that nature. So, um, so again, I brought the attention forward to, um, you know, to the powers that be who supervise our high schools. And I let them know that, you know, we do not give preferential treatment to employees, kids that if they, if they get in trouble and they break the rules, they got to suffer the consequences just like everyone else. So those were some of the issues. The other issue and the last issue here was, um, there was a, a group of those parents and students who were demanding the removal of, of Principal Pike in the ways of, of a petition and, um, and wanted us to take action on them. So how I will address that is that um, we have a process just as um, teachers can't get together and do a petition to get rid of a disruptive student and students can't get together and do a petition to get rid of a teacher that, that they don't like, um, petitions are not the way that we get rid of, of principals. Um, we are, they are all of those groups that I named, students, staff, and, and administrators are protected under contract language and education code. So being an education, um, you know, an educational institution, we always deem to correct inappropriate behaviors. And so all of the complaints and accusations that have come forward to Mr. Pike, um, just as we do with any other employee, we bring them to his or her attention, we talk about means of correction, and we put plans in place that can help and correct those, um, those situations. If they don't get better, then we move into the next phase of our um, you know, of our of our process. If they do get better, then everyone learns from it and we're able to move on. The parents say that they um, know Mr. Pike is staying on another year. They're disappointed, um, but not surprised. Uh, they vow to keep up the pressure and until he is removed. Is that going to happen from anything that's happened in the past or is that going to take, um, unfortunately, if it did so happen, another incident? With our administrators, all of our administrators are basically, um, including myself, are on a on a on a one year contract. And if we are going to make a change in um, in assignment, we have to notify them on March fifteenth that that there's going to be a change. Once we've notified them, then um, we have up until basically tomorrow, June thirtieth, to take a final action on that notification. Right. And so um, Mr. Pike was not notified on March 15th. So therefore, we, we, we can't go through the regular process of, of making a change. Now, if there were an incident that happened that was outside of Ed Code and was illegal or was um, inappropriate, then we have means of discipline where, you know, we would put somebody on administrative leave, we would do an investigation, and if we found that that person acted outside of the guidelines and, uh, and the law, then we could move towards suspension or correction or dismissal or reassignment, any of those things. Um, you know, so, 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 you know, parents who maybe don't agree with a, a, an employee we're not just going to fire them for that reason, right? There would have to be things that lead up, you know, where they've where they've worked outside of the scope of their responsibilities that would um, necessitate a, a immediate removal. Um, you know, one thing I, I do want to bring up because when you when you change leadership of a principal, um, it really sets the school back in times of. Um, you know, of, of consistency, you know, of coherence and, and all those types of things. So we take all of this very, very seriously. Um, YV 
um, you know, has tremendous potential and there's some great things coming out of that school. Um, but also there are some challenges there. And we have laid those challenges squarely at Mr. Pike's feet. And we have, um, you know, given him the support and the resource resources to address those challenges. And many of those challenges um, are being addressed and we are improving the, um, you know, the outcomes for students at that particular site. And so um, as incidents come up, I mean, we are going to deal with them as they arise. But just saying that you don't like somebody and you feel someone doesn't like you, we, we need a little bit more than that than to, um, you know, get rid of someone who's, who's going to influence, you know, hundreds and hundreds of students and, and uh, hundreds of, of staff members. And uh, one of the other um, complaints or um, concerns, let me put it that way, I hear from the, uh, the group that came that night is that uh, Mr. Pike is just not able to connect with the, the students of the school, um, which is predominantly a, um, as far as I understand, I'm kind of new to your all politics over there in your school district, but as far as I've been hearing is a large percentage of Latinx or um, people of color and him being a European male and coming out of the military is some concerns I've heard is that he just can't connect with the students. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, a, um, High, high, high school administrators um, have, a, have a very difficult job, and usually any decision that you make, um, you know, half, half of the populations are going to be thrilled with those, with those decisions, and half are going to not be thrilled. Um, I don't want to get into a situation where we say that only certain races can work with certain kids, and kids can only work with certain adults from certain races and, and vice versa. I, I, I really think that we are past that and that, um, you know, it shouldn't matter if someone's been in the military or it shouldn't matter if someone's Caucasian and a, and a um, student is, is Latinx or, or vice versa. I mean, um, you know, you take some of our other schools, you take a, a college park, for example, um, that's not to say that if I, if I put a principal there at College Park who maybe is African-American or, um, you know, uh, LGBTQ, that they can't connect with the staff because they're, because they're you know, with the staff or students because they're, they're different than the majority of the population. I really don't want to want to kind of get into that. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so again, if they have legitimate concerns and, and, and he is not willing to work with folks or to communicate with folks or to 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 work on certain issues that have been brought to his attention, then we will definitely address those. But just by saying that someone's Caucasian and been in the military, that is not a that is not a reason that I see that, um, you know, would substantiate a removal of a, uh, of a of a principal or a teacher or office worker or a custodian or anyone for that matter, just as we wouldn't do the same for students. And then I guess lastly, before I run out of time, I got about a minute and a half left here, is that um, there's uh, so far I've heard some talk of a group called One Day at a Time maybe being brought yeah. in. Uh, can you just briefly describe what that is and if they do come, what they would do? Yeah, so One Day at a Time is a um, is an organization that I'm familiar with and I've worked with out in Far, far East Contra Costa County. And um, they originated in, in, in really showing uh, students who, who maybe are at that fork in the road of, uh, of going down a different path. And it really builds on um, leadership skills, 
teaching students about empowerment, group focus, and we are working in, in partnership with the city of Concord um, to really give the students of Ignacio Valley High School a voice and to work with some, um, you know, just, just give them some skills that they can learn that there is a, a different way to um, you know, to interact with with being a teenager in uh, in these in these in these times, they go on college trips, they go on uh, camping trips, they um, do work in the community, and all sorts of work with this. And it is Latinx, uh, pretty much heavy based, and so we're hoping that that will help uh, bring families in and bring students in and help uh, provide some resources that are that are needed. All right. I guess um, I'm pretty much out of time. Does that mean that uh, one day at a time is coming? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The contract was approved that same night at the board meeting. Uh, Johnny Rodriguez, who runs the program, is very excited to get into get into YV. I've taken him there several times and he's excited to get started and meet the meet the families and the students. All right. Uh, that's the voice of Dr. Adam Clark. He's the superintendent of Mount Diablo Unified School District. Uh, thanks for taking the time um, to weigh in on the board meeting from uh, I believe it was June 14th, and I will post a link to that school board meeting and the school board page on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. Thanks again, Dr. Clark. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day, and thank you for allowing me uh, to, to come in and, and speak to the listeners about this very important and critical issue. This is Pre Will and Franklin reporting from the Mount Diablo Unified School District, and a quick update, uh, parents and supporters of the young woman say that they know Mr. Pike will continue into the next school year, 23-24, but they vow to continue the pressure until Mr. Pike is removed. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for important links and information related to tonight's show including links to ECRG and ACE and the videos from the rally at the Antioch City Hall and the Mount Diablo Unified School District Board meeting. Shout out to the Full Circle crew, our executive director, Miss M, and me, Freewill and Franklin. I'm the technical director for this show, Full Circle, and I've also been your host tonight. That's it for me. Everyone, please remember while you're out there to please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KP. FA up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone.